When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Campsite Media. Hello? What is the, what do you want what me to say? What is going on here? Like, oh, it's why? just, um, Chameleon. Chameleon. Okay. You're listening to Chameleon. A production of Campside Media. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story for a minute about consequences. About what can happen when people close to you are reckless And then you're in trouble with them, even though you didn't do anything. There was a guy in Florida named Ghassan. He came to the United States and he married the love of his life. And shortly after they tied the knot, they had a son. Born in Florida, Ghassan's son was an American citizen. And Ghassan expected to make a new life for himself and a small family. The American dream and all that. It should have all worked out, this American dream. He had a business with two locations. Ghassan liked to drink and party, and that first year with a screaming baby in an apartment was rough. And so Ghassan would hit the bars sometimes. Sure, Ghassan wasn't perfect, but he was a good guy, straight as an arrow, a rule follower. He knew a few people who weren't so good, who didn't play life so straight. And at one point, they tried to tempt Ghassan into getting involved in a criminal scheme, a serious but victimless crime. No one would have been hurt. Ghassan said, no thanks. Life's good. Why cross the line? The problem for Ghassan was that those people he knew, the ones who tried to tempt him to participate in that victimless crime, they weren't quite as adept at sniffing out bad situations. And so these people Ghassan knew, they got in the crosshairs of the FBI. And so did Ghassan, simply for standing next to those people, being in the wrong place at the wrong time. I don't mean this metaphorically. There is a Ghassan. He's real. Off to jail he went. This story about Ghassan, it's at the heart of this entire venture, this whole podcast we're making. How and why? Well, we're going to get there in time. I'm Trevor Aronson. From Campside Media, this is High Rollers, season two of Chameleon. So last episode, I told you about how Emil Buari had problems with his diet clinic business, and also how he got into a feud with a Las Vegas lawyer, Paul Pata. Now, Emil wants to build back his weight loss empire, make it even bigger and better than the last one. He just needs more investors, of any kind, from any location. 
He's sitting in his clinic in a manicured office park, trying to figure out what to do. It's nice here, pretty upscale. All around him are sand-colored buildings with peach-colored trim. And that's when a guy named Michel walks through the door of his Las Vegas diet clinic. He's not at all like Kevin Romney, the straight-laced businessman from Utah, who I told you had invested in Emile's business last time. Michel is a pot-bellied man with a Moroccan accent. He's, he's, he's fat. He's got probably 50 pounds to lose. But Michel isn't just there to shed a few pounds. And he starts talking about business, and he has investors in China and all this stuff, and they're looking to invest here in the States. And I'm like, well, this is the company. This is what I'm trying to grow. He invites me out to dinner a couple of times, comes in a couple of times to my clinic, just starts chatting about business. Now, it's important to remember, Emil's an opportunist, and he's not alone in Las Vegas. And I don't mean that as a slight. I've met so many opportunists in my career as a journalist, in places like Miami, Los Angeles, even Phoenix, Arizona. I've admired many of them. There's a certain honesty and scrappiness to being an opportunist. But as far as I can tell, nowhere are there more opportunists right now than in Las Vegas. Vegas these days is a boom town. There are glitzy casinos, sure, everyone knows about those. But there's also a legal marijuana industry with dispensaries, some the size of a Best Buy, now dotting the city. Cosmetic surgeons have been moving in from California and the East Coast. Tech companies are even setting up. In real estate, condos rising downtown and near the Strip, in suburbs of newly constructed housing developments sprawling into the surrounding desert. There's a feeling that you can build anything you want in Las Vegas, even pools in the middle of the desert. There are a lot of pools in the Las Vegas suburbs. So like others in Las Vegas, Emile's always looking for the next big score. And then, in walks this guy, Michel, who might be that score. Here's Emile. He started saying, listen, I got these powerful people, they're Asian, I believe, and they want to invest in someone. They have real estate, they have transport, they have, uh, yeah, nutrition and all this stuff. This sounds pretty good to Emile. In Vegas, if you walk up to a few people and say you have $10 million to open a restaurant chain, they'll immediately have an idea, an angle, a way of getting a piece of that action, even if they don't know a thing about running a restaurant. That's just Las Vegas right now, home of the hustlers. So Emil is open to what this guy is saying. When I'm like, great, then let's set up a meeting at something like that one day. And then he keeps coming to my clinic and so on, and just, you know, talking to me. Emil and Michelle leave things like that. But then Michelle returns to the clinic a couple of weeks later. In the rest of this episode, and actually this whole series, you're going to hear many of the secret recordings that I've uncovered. They aren't always the easiest to understand, so you might need to listen closely. Anyway, here's Michelle and Emile greeting each other on the day Michelle comes back to Emile's clinic. Michelle, my brother, how are you? It doesn't seem like he's lost any weight, but well, that's not why he's here anyway. Hey, good. How are you doing, my friend? Good, good. I was out. Uh, that came really? in. Where did you go? I, I went to Paris and London. Emile's pretty psyched. Michel seems like a high roller, an international businessman. Yeah. But listen, I have some good news. Oh, my, uh, my guy mm-hmm. is coming next week. He's going to take you to dinner. Really? Oh, yeah. Good, man. So, that's Chinese it. Guy. Good. Yeah. So we I'm an Asian, you know, my Asian. Yeah, Malaysian Chinese. Yeah. So, he's coming next week. So. Good. We're going to go have a nice dinner somewhere and uh, we're going to, you know, 
close the deal, my brother? I hope so. Oh, yeah. We will go to a steakhouse, whatever you want. We we'll go, no problem, you know. You want to Michel is telling Emile about his business associate, a wealthy man of the world, who's interested in investing in Emile's weight loss enterprise. We've been busy, man, busy. <laughs> Very busy, yeah. Everyone is busy. It's a good thing, it's a good thing. Yeah, um, I mean, in his field, being busy is good. You know, that's when money is going in and out. That's all he does now, is loan money, basically. That's what he that's does it. for the most part. That's all he does, you know. All he does is loan money. That's what Michelle says. Emile can't help but see the dollar signs. His next big score. More after the break. You're listening to Camellia from Campside Media. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. You're listening to Camellia from Campside Media. So when we left off, Michelle and Emile were talking about Michelle's business partner. He's got a lot of money, Michelle says. And at this point... Michel has something else to say about his business associate. And, well, he might not be exactly on the up and up. He runs massage parlors, the kind where men leave very happy. Listen, I want to repeat to you because I know he's going to ask you again. He's going to, uh, when he's there, he's going to ask you himself, you know. Do you know where the money comes from? I mean... And that's fine, but why do I have to know? I don't have to know. Huh? It's better if I don't know, no? Well, no, but he, he want to know what the person is dealing with. I mean, mm-hmm. he wants to know that at least you know that the money is from gamb- I mean, from prostitution and ecstasy and stuff like that, you know. Well, if he makes the money, that's, that's up to him. Yeah, so no. I just want you to know. That's not, as long as I'm not doing anything, that's, you know, I have nothing to do, that's fine. Okay. No. Let me recap what just happened. Michelle seems to be working hard here to get on the record with Emil that his business associate makes money from, as Michelle says, Gambling. And then he switches the story and says, from prostitution and drugs. This felt awkward to me, forced even, when I listened to the tape recording. I wondered why Michelle would be saying all that. But Emile lets it slide without acknowledging much of it. Emile starts selling again, selling an investment in his business. This is an investment. Investing in business, we make the money. We make a lot of money. It's a good business. And you can grow this business very quickly. Listen, maybe uh, if you grow with him and if it's a low process, you're going to go wherever he goes, my brother. So you go big, he's going big. I mean, he's big already, but we want you to go big, so it's up to you. So Michel is speaking Emile's language here. Emile wants to expand his business, create another weight loss chain, 
but even bigger than his last one. Then Michel explains that his associate's investment might be, well, a little unusual. You know, so I think he's going to do a test ride with you. I don't know how much, but he wanted, you know, he's going to let you know. He's going to do a test trial. I have no idea. 15, 20, 25,000. He just wants to see, you know. Emil says he's fine with it. But really, Emil's irritated that Michelle is talking about such a small amount of dough. You, what do you think? Well, I can't do much with 15, 20,000, but I mean, if he just wants to. Yeah, he just wants to see fine. a bit. I mean, Michelle, just, you know, I have money. I have, let me huh? show you. Emil pulls out some bank statements and shows Michelle that he has more than $600,000 in the bank. The message Emil sends is pretty clear. I'm looking for investors, but 15, 20 grand? That's not a lot. It's not serious money. Michel immediately sets his mind at ease. He explains that his business associate just likes to start small. That's all. Then more money will come. Much more. I know, my brother. I know. Hey, listen. That's how he does it. You know, I just want you to give you the heads up and... You know, you do the negotiation with him, but uh, he's a fair guy, so, I will, you know. But what you want to do, he's going to give you cash, you know that, and you're going to give him check. What, I mean, what you want to do? It just depends on what, I mean, I, I just still don't understand exactly when he wants everything back. Yeah, know, like, so, what kind of like, what, you know, so. what schedule, all these kind of things. What Emil says here is revealing. It's clear that he thinks Michelle's friend is interested in investing in his business. A legitimate investment. Okay, well, you guys can work it out. Okay? I'll be there too, you know, but I'm excited. Michelle seems to be worried that he's losing Emil. Like maybe Emil isn't excited about the investment himself. Like maybe Emil thinks the amount of money involved is too small to take seriously. It should do very well, my friend. Oh, yeah? Because every month we're doing better than last month. Okay. This company. Just Listen, he can do 25 this week. I mean, the next day, uh, another 20. I mean, he just want to see how things goes first. I understand. So, I understand. you know, I mean, if everything goes and it's very comfortable because this is new for him. You know, weight loss, weight loss he never used any weight loss businesses before. So it's new. I mean, body shop, restaurant, right, right. nightclubs, uh, you know, that's... He knows how it works, but this is new for him, so, you know, it's new, so you have to... I understand. Okay? But, I vouch for you. I said how great guy you should are. It should be good. It will be good. Yeah? The ball is in your court, brother. All right, my friend. Okay? Sounds good. So, I don't know. I'm not going to take more of... Now the big night comes. Michel is finally going to introduce Emil to his business associate. They meet at another one of those shishi restaurants in Vegas, Botero Steakhouse, inside the Wynn Hotel and Casino on the Las Vegas Strip. As he arrives at the table, Michel introduces Emil to Dennis. Hey! Emil, come on. You good? Come on, everything fantastic. Emil, this is Dennis. There's a lot of background noise in this recording. It's a busy restaurant. Dennis is full of compliments. You're a big guy too, man. I do, I do Pilates a little bit, and then I do Krav Maga a little bit. Okay. But no, no way. Here's how Emil remembers Dennis from this meeting. He's drinking double blue label scotch whiskeys, five, six of them, um, which is a lot of alcohol. Johnny Walker Blue is about $50 a shot in a Las Vegas casino bar. That puts a double close to $100 a drink. So five, six, Dennis alone is putting down at least $500 in alcohol. 
and Dennis starts talking about his massage parlors. He has a real estate company, he has a transportation company, and some investment companies or whatever. And then he talks about these massage parlors. And he would say, well, you know, all our clients are from Asia, and then sometimes they, you know, who knows if they get a hand job or something like that. At the meeting, Dennis starts talking about the clients of his massage parlors. Well, I look at, you know, you, you, you got guys coming to the U.S. Either they're business people, you know, whether they're married or not, man or man, right? Yeah, right? Man or man, okay? You know they're going to try finding something, right? They're away from their wives, they're overseas, you know, their wives are in China or in the Philippines. So they're here, what, what do, if you don't have the service, what do you want them to do? Go to Hollywood and walk the street? Guess what? You're going to get robbed. Get nabbed, get beat up, and who knows what kind of shit they're going to catch. Dennis makes it clear. He operates massage parlors in Los Angeles, where the women aren't just giving massages. They're also having sex for money. The bill then comes to the table, and Emil offers to pay his share, the half-hearted way you do when you're expecting the other person to pay, and you're just being polite. How much do you want from me, Dennis? No, this is mine. No, sure. no. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, I... Thank heck, man, it's way past your bedtime. I'm keeping you up, brother. <laughs> I don't have my milk. I tell you, I'm sure you and I will run into each other. You know? Emil leaves the dinner confused. He expected Dennis to want to know more about his company. He was considering an investment and all, right? But all Dennis talked about was his business, his happy-ending massage parlors, and his escapades in bars and clubs around the world. They never asked, can I see your investment? Well, let me see your numbers. Let me see your bank accounts. Let me see anything right. of that nature. Right. And I would ask Michelle over and over again, what about this? Don't you want to see this? Do you want me? He's like, no, no, it's okay, brother. They'll take your word for it. Okay. <laughs> that type of thing. He always came back with an answer, even if it didn't make sense. Emil senses something's odd. But he's got investors here, on the hook. And Emil's thinking, well, let's see where this goes. More after the break. You're listening to Chameleon from Campside Media. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? (laughs) Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. (laughs) If these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. You're listening to Chameleon from Campside Media. So far in our story, I think Emil may have been a little confused by Michelle and Dennis. Were they investors or not? All he knew was that they were in businesses that weren't exactly above board. But he still liked both of them and wanted to see where this would go. They were fun to be around. Even Emil's brother Gus thought so. Here's how Gus summed up Michelle and Dennis for me. Yeah, I know what kind of guy this is, sure. You know, the guy, the little guy who comes up to you with the hundred little Swiss watches in his pocket and says, hey, what do you want to buy? You want to buy this one? You want to buy that one? Hey, you look like the kind of guy that buys this. Hey, try this. You know, this looks good on you. Try it. I give you best deal. That's, that's the kind of guy that I felt this, this was Michelle. 
you had Dennis, this other guy, uh, Asian American, and also a lot of fun, wearing jeans and fit and tall and very friendly and high-fiving and buying drinks. Hey, what are you going to drink, dude? To Emil, these guys were fun. But the next time they show up at Emil's weight loss clinic in Las Vegas, they're accompanied by a guy that Emil hasn't seen before. Hi. Are you guys here for Emil? Yes. Emil walks out from his office. Hey, guys, come on back. Good morning. This new guy they're with, there's an intimidation factor about him. He's this really tall guy, and he comes in, and he says he's Chinese or something, and he's the bodyguard. He's uh, Dennis's bodyguard. And he seemed all professional. He'd close the door, lock the door, and, and you know, and I remember Michelle telling me this guy's black belt, 6'10", and karate, and he knows how to kill. As they're huddled in Emil's office, this large guy, Dennis's bodyguard, walks over to Emil's desk and plops down a large pile of cash. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That noise you're hearing is a money counter. A money counter is about the size of a small printer. There's a tray at the top where you place the bills. And then those bills are sent to a lower tray as they're counted by the machine. A digital display shows the count in real time. The noise the machine makes comes from the individual notes passing rapidly through the counter at a rate of more than 1,000 per minute. Emil is running thousands of dollars in fives, tens, twenties through his counting machine. Just keep counting. You know, I just know the big picture. And it's 5-0 in there. 5-0, as in $50,000. Dennis and Michelle have brought Emil $50,000 in cash, in small bills. And Emil's running all this money through his counter. It takes Emil the next 20 minutes to count most of the money. Here's 46,000. According to this, 46,000. How much is total? 50,000? 50, 50, yeah. 50. Yeah, it's so I, count to what I'm saying is this is almost 50 here. I can just assume that's good. I don't yeah. want to count those $41 yeah. bills, right? We know, we know. We know. This is about five. I think it's five. And so <laughs> based on your count, that's right. So they agree on the count. $50,000. And that's when Dennis makes his request. Can you, get, can you cut three checks? Yes. Okay, so let's do this. Do you want to write the names down? Or yeah. Up to Dennis gives Emil three companies to write the checks out to. Pineda Printing Services, Mendez Movers, and Torres Gardening. In all, Dennis gives Emil $50,000 in cash. And Emil, in turn, gives Dennis three checks from his weight loss business account totaling $46,000. But Emil doesn't have a good feeling about all this. I remember getting very hot and started getting scared. Um, and then I do it, and then it's done. What's happening here, what Emil does, taking $50,000 in cash and then writing business checks for $46,000, that's money laundering. The $4,000 left over after the $46,000 in checks that's Emil's cut, known in money laundering lingo as Emil's points. He got 8%. 8 points. People who want to conceal criminal proceeds use businesses that take in cash and mix their illicit cash with legitimate cash. You've probably heard of the mafia buying restaurants. Or maybe you saw Breaking Bad, 
Walter White buys a car wash. Those are money laundering fronts. The person whose money is being laundered hands over cash and then gets a check, minus a cut, to a company he controls, like a fake landscaping company, for services he never delivers. Once the check is deposited into his bank, the money is clean, legitimate, laundered. During one of my conversations with Emil, I'm in his clinic in Las Vegas. I ask him about this first transaction with Dennis. Had you ever before or after laundered money? No, absolutely not, no. Had it ever like occurred to you that like money laundering would be a thing? I didn't even know what money, I used to hear it on TV and and I never even understood really what it meant. Just like wire fraud, I never understood it. Like I never understood those. I know what embezzlement means. I know what you know cocaine distribution means or whatever. But I never even knew what money laundering exactly meant. And you can see me on the tape. I'm hesitating. Like I'm like I didn't want to do the first deal, and then I did it. And then thinking I was going to get investors. Emil says he was feeling pressure. He needed to do this, in order to build trust with Dennis, and then Dennis would invest in his company. Michelle told me, brother, just do this one thing so they trust you and then we'll get investors. We have people in Malaysia. They have nutritional supplements. I remember telling me stories and stories and stories about investors. They're huge. They'll buy lots of your weight loss kits and send them to Malaysia and China and so on and so forth. There was always that, do this and we're going to do all this for you. Okay, let's get back to Emil's office. Dennis and Michelle are there. And Emil's just counted Dennis's $50,000. And he's given Dennis three checks, totaling $46,000. After he's got the checks, Dennis leans in and asks Emil a question. Uh, oh, this is a dumb question to ask, but you got the funds, right? Guaranteed. Throw a chase right now. No, no, if you want. Tell them. Dennis's dumb question, whether Emil has enough money in the bank, is actually a critical one. He wants to make sure Emil's check is going to go through, because if it bounces, well... That ain't money laundering, and he just lost a ton of cash. After Dennis and Emil finish up their transaction, Michelle asks Emil to come outside to talk privately. Emil and Michelle are standing in front of Emil's building, number 8687. And it's strange, because I don't know where Dennis is at it, but Michelle's like, come out, come out, brother, I want to tell you something. So we go out of my clinic, out the door, and we're standing outside. He said, listen, now you're part of us, you're our friend, you're our family. Do you have any problems? Like, do you need people to be, you know, taught a lesson? And I'm like, what, do you, what are you talking about? Taught a lesson. Michelle tells Emil that if he has any problems, anybody giving him trouble, that, you know, he and Dennis will take care of them. It sounds like mafia shit. What the hell's Emil got himself into? But it turns out, Emil has no idea who Dennis and Michelle really are. Good life. Okay. Good. All right. I need you to bring him. I'll do it. Yeah. Good. Good luck. Case number 281 N-LV-4663064. Today is October 27th. 2014, approximately 11.40 a.m. This is High Rollers. In the next episode, you'll hear how the investigation of Emil Buari got started. CHS will meet with Emily Buari, Las Vegas, Nevada. You'll learn how Emil's free-spirited friend Mary gets lured into the trap. Well, I tried two guys at once. Would you? Have you? Yeah, I have. Would you like it? Of course, one got jealous, but... And you'll discover that Emil gets himself in. 
deep. Chameleon Season 2 comes from Campside Media. It's hosted by me, Trevor Aronson. Our executive producers are Vanessa Grigoriadis and Adam Hoff. Alex Yablon fact-checked the series. Margot Williams also contributed to research. Mark McAdam composed the theme song. Doug Slaywin and Sam Leeds provided production support. The executive producers at Campside Media are Josh Dean, Vanessa Grigoriadis, Adam Hoff, and Matt Scher. If you enjoyed High Rollers, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It really does help other listeners like you find the show. And make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take me in Sin City. Take me in Sin City. When you're in Sin City, no use confessing your sins. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.